Hello and welcome to the Apache Cassandra Corner, a community-driven podcast for all things Apache Cassandra. The Apache Cassandra Corner is sponsored by Datastax. I am your host, Aaron Pletz. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Apache Cassandra Corner podcast. Um, once again, I am joined by Aaron Morton. Aaron, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good to see you again, Aaron. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's, I was talking with my wife the other day that I was doing this, and then I kind of sorted our names through to like the beginning of the last name. I was like, no, I'm still good. in front, right? Like, still A-A-A-A-Ron. But I, I've got M at the end. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, so for the the folks at home who haven't uh, haven't seen the other episode of the unit, why don't you tell us, you know, real briefly, just a little bit about yourself? Cool. So uh, I've been working in and around Apache Cassandra since 2010. I started playing with it around version 0.3.4 uh, in 2010, and then in March of 2011. So I left my job here in New Zealand, um, working at a company called Weta Digital, which is the, the big VFX house, right? The company that makes Avatar and all those things. Uh, left there and became a professional Cassandra person in March of 2011. And there wasn't many around. Um, ran, you know, ended up with a company with a stupid name called The Last Pickle. Did that for nine years. And then uh, joined Datastax at the beginning of 2020. Um, so clearly knew all the Datastax peeps. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's more than before there was data stacks and, and been around them. So yeah. Um, yeah. Been, been a committer, been on the PMC and, and nowadays you still a lot of work on trying to improve developer experience and APIs and things. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, we're definitely going to get into, um, you know, some more about the improving the developer experience for sure. And, and yeah, it's, it's interesting that you, you talk about it from going that far back. It's like, I mean, you know better than anyone about how the what the develop what the developer experience looked like in say like Cassandra 1.0. You know, when we're working with Thrift and uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so to begin with, it was like if you remember, like configuration and schema was in a file, right? Like right. find your column families. You couldn't even do create column family. You would just put it in a file. Uh, and it would load that and you'd go, so I've got the thing. And then you've got, and we had thrift, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, thrift had no challenges as a project back then. It didn't, yeah. it wasn't operating well as a project. Um, but it also kind of boxed us into a corner, uh, that, that made it hard to even just talk about one person explained to someone else what they were doing with Cassandra. I think that's right. like the right. thing that SQL ever did was you could say, could you look at my query, please? And someone else would be able to understand it. And then you could have a conversation about what it did versus mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. look at my Ruby code. And then someone goes, no, I don't know how to do Ruby. So you can't get any help. So, right. Right. So now with the work that you've been doing, um, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, like JSON and Cassandra and, and maybe about the API layer that uh, you've been working on. Yeah, I think we, we touched on this maybe back in March mm -hmm. last time. We, mm -hmm. uh, we previewed it around the, uh, what was it called? Like Cassandra Forward that happened right. earlier. Right. Yeah. Uh, and definitely going to be talking about this at the Cassandra conference in December. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Forward to that. Uh, going back to, back to the States for that. 
So, you know, we know that JSON's a really important part of the developer ecosystem, but it, it yeah. it's a transport. It's the things it allows you to do, the flexibility that allows you to do that that's great. And when we look at the way that people in the Node.js world work, a lot of them, and I mean a lot of them, use an object document mapper called Mongoose, right. which right. has around, you know, a bit over 2 million downloads a week on NPM. GitHub keeps on ramping the number, and I don't know if they're actually calculating this, but last time I saw it, it was like 3.7 million dependent repos on GitHub. Um, That's crazy. You know, I had um, I had Val Karpov on the show like right after you back in back in March, and yeah, I mean, we we talked about similar numbers. So you're telling me we had like another million <laughs> downloads of that thing since? I mean, yeah, I, I suppose, big. yeah, yeah. But that's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, but but what it does, what, what we did is we looked at Mongoose and said, like, look, Jason has this infinite flexibility and there's all these things you can do. We need some type of swim, swim lane to understand how people use this, how right. people want to score right. it, query it, modify it. And we looked at Mongoose and said, let's make the best backend we can for Mongoose. Let's, uh, you know, understand it's good, it has a fluent query builder attached to it called mQuery, but yep, it talks yep. about schema. It under it, you know, constructs queries that it wants to send to a back end. We can understand the schema. We can understand what's important to Node.js developers, what features are less important. We can understand the types of queries for filtering, the projections that you need to support, and you know, and the types of update operations that it expects. Mm -hmm. Sure. If you're you know a Node.js dev doing this. Now it's going to work for Node.js, but it's going to work for any other language as well. What we did was said, if we make a really great backend for Mongoose, this will be really useful to the Mongoose people and useful to other people as well. So basically it gave us Absolutely. a target. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a target to aim at. Well, that sounds, that sounds super exciting. So, um, you know, it, now, in order to, in order to make this, uh, this API, you know, a reality, you know, you, you kind of needed some newer things inside of Cassandra, right? Some of, some of the newer features of 5.0 um, are, are being utilized, you know, with this, with this API layer, you know? So maybe you could talk a little bit about, um, you know, like how you're using like storage attached indexes or like kind of like the new operators a little bit. And yeah, yeah. Could you yeah. go into a little bit of that? So we're kind of using old stuff, using old things in Cassandra and things that are new and things that will be new soon, um, mm -hmm. so kind of going the spectrum. We created this idea called super shredding, right? And right. look at the JSON document that you've given us. And we understand the types of querying filtering that you're going to be able to run against that, mm -hmm. right? You got to be able to say where username equals Aaron, you might want to say contains, but you know, find all the documents that have the human tag, the, the human keyword in them, but don't, don't care about the value. Um, you might want to do some operations, understand the size of an array and things like that. Right. Right. So the insight here was to say, we know all the read patterns that you're going to want to run. And so let's shred this document and store it in a way to serve those read patterns. And that was okay. the approach to so what we did was use the collections in Cassandra, mm -hmm. which I know is a bit of a dirty word, uh, you know, <laughs> they're called, like classic, classic Cassandra 
let's just get go on and off disk as absolutely fast as we can, you know, uh, not not big on collections. They also have some issues with range tombstones and things, but I'm you know, sure. we overwrite them all the time and, and, and some things. And we think the functionality it gives us is great. Uh, and SAI indexes can index a map and a mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. And they index it either on the keys or the values, but also on the entries in the map. So you can walk up to a map. Like you can have a row in Cassandra that has a map of just str- str- string, string. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, can yeah. a query that says, find me, you know, all the rows where the map has username equal to Aaron. Oh, that wow. Works. Right. So I could do that for doubles and I can do that for date times and I can, mm-hmm. if I had a set and I put all of the, um, all of the, the JSON paths that were in your document into that set, I could walk up to the CQL and say, find me all the rows where the exists, where, where is human exists in this set. Right. Right. So there's a combination there of the collection types giving you some denormalization. The SAI, which we've had at Datastacks and been pushing to get into open source for a while now, you know, just with the slowdown for four and five. Oh, right. Uh, I, you know, which to us is a little bit old, but is new uh, and, and covered in uh, CEP7. You know, that's how old it is. Uh, going in there, some enhancements we'll bring into SAI. There's some enhancements that you also see coming into Cassandra. Um, there's a CEP, it's called CEP 29, which adds, uh, kind of not an or and logical precedence tree into right. the where right. right. So it can construct more complex where conditions. When you put these things together, you can, you know, abuse Cassandra more than you would previously. We're clearly not designing this for the, like, you know, the sub milli. Yeah, we're not, not designing this for sub-millisecond performance. Right. This is about finality right. ahead mm-hmm. of performance. Uh, you know, still, if you want to get the absolute lowest latency and best performance, you are going to follow the C2L Cassandra-isms of how you do your data modeling and yep. things like that. Yeah, yeah. Just but, kind of the way it's always been. Yeah. 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 yeah that's for sure. Yeah. But that's, uh, we know those people, we've been those people over the years, you would target and all this stuff. All right. We, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is about functionality. So those uh, collections, SAI and the enhancements that are coming to those enhancements in the logical, logical operations you can put in the where clause that bring more complexity Mm -hmm. into that. And then a cord coming to give us improvements in lightweight transactions. So when you look at the core, the, the CEP 15, Mm -hmm. you'll see these really fancy looking like begin trans do a read, have a condition, you know, abort. Yep. Wow. Yep. Abort. Remember when we started, you know, talking to people about how Cassandra works and just explaining, well, there's no abort, right? If you, if you want to, if you write two things, well, yeah, one of them works, one of them doesn't, you're just going to have to live with it. That's uh, right. That's right. Suck it up. Um, yeah. So, so a chord comes in with that and that's the great part, but it also can, uh, be the, the, the implementation for the compare and set operations. So if you're doing, uh, you know, insert, if not, and, and update, if, uh, those operations can be driven by a cord, they'll be faster. And they're important because going back to that first comment about what's the experience that Node.js and Mongoose built. Oh, sure. There is something sure. called like find one and update. There's a complex update s- structure 
right? That's you want to do like find the document, pull it back, make these changes and write it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. LWTs, we have to use that. So we're going to pushing Cassandra in ways that, you know, five, five years ago, people would be, boy, that's stupid. I think Cassandra is getting better at, at being able to handle more complex functionality. And there are some trade-offs for performance just because it's physics and sure, computer science. Sure. But they're only if you go down those paths and use those complex complexities. Gotcha. Gotcha. LW, well, then, yeah, that, LWT scared people when it first started, right? Everyone was like, oh, it's yeah. so much slower than an insert. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look at the functionality that you get. So, Yeah. Well, that just, that just all sounds amazing. And you're right. It, it changes Cassandra in, you know, like some very, very profound ways. It certainly does open it up quite a bit. And yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that improving again, that, that whole developer experience aspect where you're trying to build something and maybe you need, you know, a, a where clause that's a little more complex than, you know, what you, what you'd normally run in Cassandra. And eh, maybe you don't need, you know, five millisecond response time, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say too, that, that with kind of all the hype lately, that's been around vector search. Um, have you looked at that at all for the, um, for the API? Well, we'd be fired if I didn't. Uh, <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, we're, we're exposing the power of Cassandra and the capabilities of Cassandra, but through this different API, right? Um, and so vectors are a part of Cassandra. Yep. Yeah. I don't think there's any argument around that, you know, vectors are a part of Cassandra is going, it's in Cassandra five and it does a pretty good job of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I think one of the things we learned over the years is that it takes a long time to bed down a database, a new database, right? Yeah. You know, yep. Eight, 10 years to get a bulletproof database. We've got a bulletproof database by now and adding capabilities to a bulletproof database is easier than building a new database. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you can, uh, you know, in your documents that you store, and if we got time, I think we might pull up just a little example of this. You can just store a vector when you, when you define your collection, you say, I've mm -hmm. got a vector, it's going to be this long. You can store your vector in there and then use that in the sort. So we've been working with. Valeri, the uh, uh, maintainer of oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. of mongoose yeah, yeah so we work with him to see how we can make this be just feel that it's at home in the mongoose experience uh, in the node.js experience um and yeah the tide same things you can do with cassandra do these through the json api do them using mongoose do them in uh javascript in node.js and it's very very easy Oh, excellent. Excellent. Did, um, did you maybe want to show your code example now, just so we could maybe walk through some of that? And yeah, for those that take a step back, just for those that don't, don't know Mongoose, don't know Node.js, um, Mongoose is an object document mapper. Uh, you define your schemas, runs in Node.js, and then you are just coding against it like an ORM you'd normally have. So let me share this screen here. I'm about to show some code that is talked about in a blog post that uh, I think we'll put out with the socials and we'll include in the um, in the show notes or something like that. So there's a blog post that explains this this thing. So this is a photo sharing site that one of our new starts made. Um, see here, they're using Mongoose and they're defining a schema for a photo. 
Um, he just lo uploaded all of his, his own photos. Here's where the vector is defined that, uh, and he's just got a mongoose validation on here because he's saying that this is a vector of size one, five, three, six. So when this collection is made, that configuration goes across, uh, and then he also has one for, uh, this is a vector based on the description. And we have one over here. that's an embedding of the actual photo itself. And then when you want to go and store an image, we go down here, add photo. So we're just going, Hey, I'd like to get a new photo object. And he sets up the properties on that. We're calculating the embedding here on the client side, storing that as the vector field, and then we just go save. So very easy way to get data in. Uh, this is the same here for searching by uh, photo similarity. And then on this site, and again, uh, we'll, we'll link in the blog post, we'll link the blog post here. Uh, we can do a search here by um, the content. And here we're adding in a sort by vector. And so we're saying photo.find in the category that's chosen and this vector description as to what, um, what sort of photo you want to get. So in this examples, I've used this and said, Hey, can you find me photos of things that cows would eat? And it will come back with photos where the description uh, has something about grass or things like that. We'll also use this for the search by photo similarity. So this is basically the same as Google search by image. So you upload a photo, we calculate a vector, and then we, again, we do a sort here and we can pull back images that look similar to others using the embedding. So the great thing here is you've got all the power of Cassandra with a very simple way to interact with it and a way that for Node.js developers feels very much just the way they like to do things. You know, one thing I noticed too is that, um, you know, I, my Node.js is a little rusty, but, you know, I did see, uh, you know, a few awaits in there. So is this working in like a, like a reactive sense or, yeah, could you go yeah. a little bit that? So again, my, my JavaScript Node.js is a little rusty as well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this example, it, it's a, it's a Next.js app. We're looking at the service, we're looking at the server-side controllers that, that the Next.js app is routing things to. Mm -hmm. And then making calls through Mongoose, which has got all the await syntax on it and it doesn't have callbacks, totally deprecated out of that now. And then that's calling us over on, on our side, uh, over the, the, the HTTP based API, um, and hitting our service, making the call. So yeah, in that sense, it fully integrated into how Node.js developers are working because Will Harry wouldn't let us do anything other than be very good at what we're doing. <laughs> Pretty much. He's, he knows, he knows quite a lot. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, now you have a talk coming up at the Cassandra summit. Tell us a little bit about that before we get going. Yeah. So that's it in December and the um, yeah, going, I think the title is, is, is around super shredding and storing JSON. So it's going to be going through from a Cassandra perspective how we were able to do this, the new technologies we were relying on and the new technologies that we're going to bring in. 
Uh, and I think this is a win-win for a CQL as well. Yeah, you know, we've seen the CEs there that we talked about. This is all about allowing you to do more complex things in CQL that allow you that kind of remove a little bit of this partition-centric view of the world. Always, you know, that's that's there. That as we've seen, it, the highest performance will come from understanding how to make Cassandra go fast. But a, a bunch of this stuff is going. There are times when we need more functionality and a little bit less performance. So my laptop is melting down a little bit here. And just real quick, Aaron, I just want to say thanks for coming back on the show. It's great to talk to you again. And uh, hey, you've got an awesome name. <laughs> so uh, your laptop is melting down, I'm going to guess, because I can't hear much of what you're saying at all. So I'm going to say, you said, hey, thanks, great, good to talk to you again, you've got an awesome name, um, and looking forward to uh, the launch of the JSON API, which will be in September in the public beta, and uh, then GA later in the year. All right, everyone, thanks for listening, and have a great day. And that's all for today. Thank you for listening to the Apache Cassandra Corner. Apache Cassandra is a registered trademark of the Apache Software Foundation. Thank you and have a great day. <laughs>